0: Hey, Amy, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, not much. I What do you mean, not much? Well, I was going to supply a review on a bidet that I purchased recently for my master bathroom, and it has been a game-changing experience. I I bought this back in the new year because I wanted to cut back on my toilet paper use because I'm trying to be more green and make less of an ecological footprint. But people have been asking me, and wanting to know all the review, how is the bidet? I how... I wanna
1: know constantly. Like <laughs> I want a lot of bidet updates.
0: But so, updates. But <laughs> <butt> updates? <laughs> <laughs> it Okay, so I I just want to throw back to when I lived in the Middle East where I was introduced to the bidet. Everywhere you go there, there's a bidet. And they that's part of their regular practice. So coming back to Canada, I kind of missed it. And I was looking at options of getting one and I found one that I was comfortable with online. Have it in my house. Took me 10 minutes to install by myself. I was very impressed with myself. It was from tushy.com. Please which... sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, they do sponsor another podcast I listen to. So, Ooh. yeah, it's quite possible. um But this one's kind of neat. It just sits on the back of your toilet, it attaches itself with an adapter to the tank water. And you can like turn a knob left and right to both clean the nozzle and spray your booty hole. And
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to censor that <laughs> you,
0: have, you have the option to like spray forward and backwards and it's been going well. The only complaint I have, is it is quite cold because it's your toilet. It's like water coming from without being heated and it it's a little bit cold in the dead of winter right now, but ultimately I am reducing my toilet paper use. So that's a, that's a plus. Yeah, I was trying to think of a good butt pun there, but
1: I couldn't think of one. Oh my gosh. So on a scale of one to
0: 10, how much do you recommend others to get a bidet? I would say to your homework, invest and look at different options. I kind of miss the handheld spray nozzle ones, the ones where you actually take a sprayer and you can angle where exactly you want it to spray. I enjoy that option. Um, This one, it's like two settings. It's like straight to your butthole or (laughs) forward spray. And um, those are fine, but it's like directly up, and then less then... control. Yeah, I like the luxury of like, where do I want to spray it? I have, I did have a classic moment where I like when I was installing it. I'm like, is this right? Playing around with the nozzle, total like comic moment. Just like staring at it, sprayed myself <laughs> in the face, <laughs> got a facial with a bidet. Don't worry, no one had used it yet, so it was just in the testing zone. But yeah, I would say one out of ten. I would say. Ten out of ten, mostly for cutting back on toilet paper. You heard it here first, people. Ten out of ten. Yeah, get a bidet. We made it, everyone. (laughs) OMG! I am so excited to introduce Matthew. He is a friend of mine that I met while teaching in Abu Dhabi. He's a fellow Canadian who now calls Edmonton home. Matthew is a hilarious sensation with a rock and bod and a face of a god. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he's also guys, let me let me inflate him. He's also a fellow teacher making music with elementary students. He's a multi-talented individual beyond teaching identifies both as a model and musician. We're very excited to interview Matthew. Uh, Matthew, you're a great friend and a positive influencer. So we're excited to have you here to join us on our podcast.
2: Thank you so much. <laughs> I was so on another level. I've never had someone say so many nice things.
0: Just <laughs> I, I'm your fangirl, Matthew.
2: I love it. <laughs> Pump you, you up. Thank you so much. <laughs> mashallah, mashallah.
1: <laughs> well, uh, why don't we get started with our question? What is the most small-town thing about you, Matthew?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, I think... The most small town thing about me is I love, during the summertime, I love to sit in the grass and in tall grass and just lay around in it. I love it. Even though I don't like to get dirty or anything like that, but I love sitting in grass and being around nature. So I think that's the most small town thing about me.
0: Uh, Mine is like closely connected to you. I would say... I love stargazing. So as much as you were saying, laying in the tall grass, I think the best view of the stars are away from all that light pollution. And lately, we've had really crisp nights where it's totally clear. So I would say stargazing out in the countryside.
1: Mine doesn't connect with either of yours. (laughs) Um, We were talking when we were driving, and I say A a lot. And I don't know if that's small town or just Canada, but I definitely say A.
2: Do
0: ya a? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like not that aggressively. <laughs> no. I always think people are saying hey instead of a.
2: I say hey. Yeah. I don't say a.
0: I think I think people have wrongfully like accused Canadians. I think they're saying hey, not a.
2: Mm. I hear a a lot more. I feel like I'm the on the outskirts of Canada because I say hey more than I say a.
0: You got to drop the H. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe we're just trending because I think I'm saying hey with you guys. guys. (laughs) All right. Well, Matthew, I am so excited you're on our podcast and it's you connect well with us already as a teacher. And I know you're an elementary teacher. So I'm interested to hear, you know, as both female teachers, it's often a female dominated role. So mm-hmm. are there any kind of experiences or assumptions that you've encountered because you're an ele- male elementary teacher?
2: Yeah, there have been some moments. And usually it is based on what children's parents have put upon them, where a lot of children will come into my class when I was a homeroom teacher and they will be nervous or scared. And I think it's just because they have never had an experience of having a male teacher or because their parents have always been with female teachers all of their schooling lives. They don't know how to deal with a male and they think that it's very strange that a man can be kind and nurturing, but also be strict and demand order and responsibility from kids. So it's kind of like a weird dichotomy in that way. But it's all been mostly positive because as soon as they get past that first piece, then they realize, oh, this person wants the best for my child, just like the last female teacher that they had and the next teacher that they'll have after that. So
1: That's awesome. Like in my elementary school, we're around 50 staff members and we have one male and he's Mm -hmm. in admin role. So we are just like only female staff in elementary here. Yeah. And it's so important, like, I think it's awesome for kids to have different representation of teachers, right? Like, that would be, I think, even just connecting, you connect with different people all the time. Like, maybe yeah. they don't connect with me well, and they connect with you next year when you're their teacher.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that me being who I am, it's it's so awesome to be able to be a positive male, Black male role model for a lot of these kids cuz what they see on media is definitely a one dimensional person, one dimensional thing and then when they get to know me and get to realize I'm more than just a person who likes this specific thing and that specific thing it's like really great.
0: That is great. I really saw a huge connection when there was single parent kids and a lot of them didn't have their dads in the picture they often Found comfort in the male teachers, just having a strong male role model that they were lacking already in their lives, so
1: mm-hmm. this is actually reminding me my um friend is having a baby soon, and she was saying um if it's a girl, she's like there are all these children's books about like strong, kind uh smart women, but then when she looks for books for boys that are like boys are kind, boys can be artists like And i didn't even really notice that in like literature and i was thinking i was like i don't even have a lot of books that are where boys are kind and sensitive
2: Mm -hmm. that's very true yeah it gets better i think as they get older so maybe around grade five grade six but you really need to have those pieces of literature on the around those formative years right yeah because that's when they see oh I don't have to just play with trucks and be a rough player because my sister can do that too. I can paint and listen to music mm-hmm. and be in touch with my emotions because mm-hmm. those are all amazing things that make people rounded and more just dynamic. more rounded people. Yeah, yeah dynamic, dynamic, absolutely.
1: How do you kind of breach tough subjects like that in the classroom?
2: I definitely feel that I lead by example I mean, I do teach social studies, so it's kind of, and in health, I kind of entwine talking about equal rights and being equitable in class and making sure that kids are always seeing that if you're a male, it's okay to have your emotions because they see me and they know that I'm... All over the place. I'm <laughs> all over the map. I can be very upset about something and I can be jumping on the rooftop screaming about how I'm excited about this project that we're going to be doing next in social. Mm-hmm. So they see that and they feed off of it and understand that it's a safe place for them to talk about how they feel too.
0: That was like chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as teachers, it often becomes our identity. And I listed a whole bunch of different passion projects that you're into um, Mm -hmm. on your Instagram. Your modeling is taking off your music, making music and putting it out there publicly is, Mm -hmm. is working out for you. How do you create that identity
2: beyond school? When I was growing up, my whole mission was to be a musician was to be in the entertainment industry. And I never thought that even if I did get into the education field, that I would let that go over to the side. So I've always let that be a piece of me. So I found it very easy to incorporate that into my life because I feel like for everybody, their job is only one section of it. And being a teacher is amazing and it's a great responsibility and I love it. But it's not the only thing that makes me feel joy and fills up my bucket music has always been a part of my life ever since I was two I was singing around my house and acting came into that and modeling kind of fell into that a little bit later in my life I've always just made sure that I had space for those pieces because they do make me feel so happy
0: oh that's good
1: I struggled with that a little bit in my like beginning of teaching career because Teaching takes up so much of your time, and it is such a fulfilling, great role. And then Mm -hmm. once I kind of got past, like, the first, second year, then I think, like, I would burn out if teaching was the only thing I focused on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you need to have those interests and passions outside of school, too.
2: I completely agree. Those first, yeah, those first years, you can't, you have to eat, sleep, breathe Mm -hmm. music, especially... (laughs) When you're thinking my goal is to get a continuous contract, whether it's in this specific school or with the district and make sure that I, I'm there forever because this is a great career, Mm -hmm. but it's, and it's so difficult to find that balance. But then once you do, it's like, okay, I couldn't have done it any other way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's kind of neat that you say that because even us starting this podcast project for ourselves, like it's brought us so much joy on many different levels. And so we've found a lot of that passion and outlet and we both like work full time right now. And, and so I agree with you. I think it's great. I guess that kind of ties into the next question, Matthew, is how do you find the balance and the time to feed all these passions and projects that you are working on?
2: That is a really great question. (laughs) I don't know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I I do struggle with it quite a bit just because with this pandemic, I find myself drained after every day. For me, I'm an in-person school teacher. So going in, I do most of the days I go to work with anxiety about what is going on in the world, how to stay safe worrying about my friends, and my family, and then worrying about making sure that I'm teaching the curriculum to the kids as best as I possibly can, but then recognizing that it's not a quote-unquote normal year for learning and that things Could are, change. it's okay for yeah. things, yeah, exactly, for things to change and things to go kind of to the wayside because they're not really that important. So, For me, I found it really important to rely on trash television to help me (laughs) take myself out of how sad things are right now. Mm. And it really does help me to recharge. And then I can go back to doing music and and doing modeling. and, And the great thing about it is that then I feel ready to take it on and be like,
0: yeah, I got this. Oh my gosh, I feel like every one of our followers are gonna wanna know, what are your trash television yes. go-tos?
2: <laughs> I love, love, love Real Housewives. Which one? All of them. Oh, all of them. So <laughs> so, recently, so when the pandemic started, I got this, this description to Hey you. Shout out to my sister and her boyfriend. <laughs> So I went through Real Housewives of New York, Mm. New Jersey. Um, I finished Potomac. Well, that season is over. I'm going through uh, Salt Lake City right now, which is the season that's on. I'm currently on Real Housewives of Orange County, and I'm on season nine. It's report card (laughs) season,
0: so he probably watched the episode right before this.
2: (laughs) I did. I did. I did, and I have it playing in the background while I'm doing my work because I can zone, I can focus on the report cards and do the and listen to the yeah the episode at the same time and not have it affect the report cards. Like I'm not putting Tamra Judge needs to. I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> but like, it's one of those for sure scroll shows for sure.
2: Yes, you, oh. you
0: didn't. You didn't list um housewives of atlanta
2: oh yeah i love atlanta i I am watching that one yeah
0: what the hell (laughs) (laughs) leaving those girls out
2: oh god i love atlanta it is
0: atlanta is like hilarious too
2: okay there's so many yeah
1: (laughs) i don't watch it so i went on like a real big um previous seasons of survivor binge like that's the reality i do yeah and yeah amy was there when she was living with me and she'd like leave for the weekend she's like are you on another season already i was like yeah i'm like we're on the next one
0: already." but alex alex was hardcore like she'd be like i like this season because i like this character and blah 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 and talk like she it's like she knew these people i was like First off, I never caught on to Survivor Pass like, season 10. So I'm like, there's 44 of these? Like, this is wild.
2: (laughs) There's 44?
0: There's 40.
1: Amy, get your (laughs) facts (laughs) right. Oh, Oh my goodness.
0: Oh. Um,
1: But, like, switching gears, um, (laughs) I feel like, I mean, this summer, there was, like, the big Black Lives Matter movement that I feel like reached like Canada even and then it's like bringing up a lot of things um, for people that aren't living that life every day and like experiencing Mm -hmm. that and so myself I've been like learning a lot and one of the things I I was learning about is like how if you're always depending on your black friends to like describe and tell what you're going through like you're putting them through all this like emotional labor all the time and what is your experience through all of that
2: uh, it, is, it is exhausting. It is something that brings up a lot of trauma that's ha- things that happen to me or things that happen to family members or friends of mine or mm-hmm. relatives of mine. Like I do make sure that I use my scrolling on the internet and different resources online to educate myself on what's going on around the world very wisely to make sure that I'm not exhausting myself, Mm -hmm. but then at the same time, so that I'm learning more and I'm educating myself and dismantling systems of white supremacy within myself so that I can be a better ally to my community, right? So it is, it's definitely a lot, but it's something that has to happen. I mean, this has been happening for so many years And it's not something that will go away unless specific kind of things are happening within our society that has been created. For sure.
0: I would say too, Oh, sorry to jump in, Alex. uh, I was, I would say too, you're, you're very active on social media, sharing articles, um, mm -hmm. helping educate other people. So even though you're saying like, I'm educating myself to stay informed, to know what's going on in the world but you're taking a lot of that and what I like about following you as a friend is I can see all of this information that you are putting on blast and I find I'm actually learning a lot through you as well and I don't expect I know that was the thing Alex was mentioning like our black friends don't need to be the teachers of all to everyone like it's our responsibility Mm -hmm. as individuals to be seeking this information on their own. But I, I appreciate that you share, you know, your journey and your experience and your ideas and information to help inform, you know, the people that are already around you and connected to you.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) I appreciate it.
0: What are
1: some affirmative actions or um, things we can do as allies that goes beyond just like sharing on social media?
2: I think that um, one of the best things that you can do, There's quite a few of them, but one of the best things you can do is really to listen to BIPOC people when they are talking about the trauma that they have and addressing issues that they have with white supremacy and how society has been built upon that white supremacy as well. And making sure that you are supporting BIPOC people as well through, and that could be through buying their art, buying music, supporting organizations through monetary means, or even through volunteering and taking listing circles, reading a lot of books. And even, I think one thing that people kind of skip upon is having those tough conversations with your white friends and talking mm-hmm. about issues that are very important and things that need to be changed completely. Because I think a lot of people that I know, they will say, I do this and I do that. And I'm like, great. Well, do you talk to your family members about some of the racist things that they may have talked, said, or agreed with? Have you talked to your your aunt who keeps saying the N word or says like, oh, it's nothing but an, a C word, like, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that? And some of them will stop and say, well, I just mean, and it's just like, you know what? If you don't have those conversations and don't, put people in their place and say you know what that was wrong and that's racist and I'll tell you why you shouldn't say that Mm -hmm. yeah they're not gonna know any better and then those people who are spreading that kind of hate are gonna spread it to other people so kind Mm -hmm. of
0: stopping it when it's occurring I know even for me 2020 like uh, seeing the Black Lives Matter movement it was like Yes, like this is amazing. This is the time for it. I feel like um coronavirus was the catalyst for that because mm-hmm. they 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 were really suffering in their nation in the United States and and I think that was the that was a tipping point for them. They were like no more. We want to vocalize this. This movement is going to push forward. And mm-hmm. and I know it encouraged me as well to read up more and listen to podcasts that i found extremely helpful learning about the history and the movements as well that were going on um yeah just so you guys are really comfortable with bipoc can you guys break down bipoc again for our listeners too
2: yeah so bipoc sent is b-i-p-o-c which stands for black indigenous people of color
0: right and so that's the term like they use that as a shortened term when they're in post like in social media posts and things like that but
2: if you see b-i-p-o-c that's what it stands for okay
1: good so i actually came across this like viral tiktok it was so interesting to me because as a woman like you're kind of taught things growing up like don't yell rape yell fire because someone will more like more likely respond to like someone yelling fire than rape hold your Mm -hmm. like if you're walking alone hold your key um like this so it can be a weapon so those were like things that were always through my head and then there was this video Uh, a young black teen and he was saying everything he had learned which was like never leave a store without a receipt don't put your hands in your pocket like and those are things that zero of those things crossed my mind Mm -hmm. um and it really like hit home for me because I was like whoa I have my own kind of like story of things that I do as a woman and then I was thinking wow like a young black woman has to worry about the things I worry about and then worry about being black as well like it was just really like it really hit home for me yeah things you don't even uh, think about as like I guess that's like an example of privilege right there
2: yeah oh definitely and the what exactly you just said were, were things that my mom had taught me to do as well yeah to make sure that if you do have a bag with you make sure it's not too large when you go into a grocery store make sure that um you always have a receipt and a bag from that place so even if you brought a reusable bag buy a bag put your stuff in that bag that you bought from that store and hold the receipt until you walk out the store wow it's just things that it's things that we were always taught because as black males like i have a younger sister and then it's three of us boys Whenever encountering police, make sure that you are speaking very slowly and clearly. Make sure your hands are in a very clear space where they can see that you have nothing in your hands. Things like that.
1: that like, that's incredible to me for like two reasons. One, that like, I wasn't even aware of that. Mm -hmm. and second of all like how real it is because sometimes you think like oh it's just in the media this is just in the states this is like and you like are separating it from here but it's Mm -hmm. not like yeah
2: Mm -hmm. I completely agree and and that's the thing that I've had to since the BLM movement had taken place in such a large way in June a lot of my friends did reach out and said oh my gosh I'm so sorry that this happened happens to you and I said I've been talking about this for a long time I've mm-hmm. truly been talking about it. The, the realization that the same stuff that's happening in the States does happen up here. It happens to black, especially to indigenous yes. population yes. here. It's horrendous. The, mm-hmm. the history and it's essentially genocide mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. their culture of the population. And it's been happening for so long. And yet it's great that this black lives matter movement did happen because it is opening people's eyes to see, oh, it's also happening in Canada. It's mm-hmm. maybe not as in your face, but it's always that subtle racism, that subtle mm-hmm. white supremacy, that subtle subtlety to mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm. It also makes us think of our own wound here in Canada, which is Indigenous lives as well, and how yeah. that fight's not over, and you know how we need to focus on reconciliation uh, in terms of of all our cultures so
2: yeah I definitely agree like I it's very interesting to see the things that we sometimes neglect to tell our children as not as not per se as educators but even just as adults to kids about history because even when I was in Halifax for like an eight hour layover I think it was and I got to Go out and have fish and chips and all that kind of great <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh,
0: you actually got to but, like leave the airport
2: for your. I aunt. did. Nice. It was very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> Pre-COVID um,
0: days, everyone. Pre-COVID. Yeah, days. Pre-COVID.
2: <laughs> this is pre-COVID. It was like in June two thousand nineteen and mm-hmm. July two thousand nineteen. I got to read upon in the airport talking about the. I can't remember the, the name of the place though, but it was in, in Nova Scotia where there was an area. I think They basically had land owned there and it was a whole village full of black people and they're having amazing land. But then the government of Nova Scotia at that time decided to make a dump right beside where they were living. And so a lot of these black people who were living there were getting sick. They were getting cancer. Mm. They were dying very young. And it was all because they purposely made a dump right beside it. And it was going into the water and the fumes were going and it was killing all these people. And I think there was an apology made sometime in the early 2000s that this was actually happening. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't learn about this in school. Mm. I don't learn about this at all.
1: No, I've just learned about it right now.
2: Yeah,
0: I think that's a good message to our our teacher friends who are following this as well is how are what what service are we doing our students right now in educating Mm -hmm. them about how to be an ally to our minorities in our country and how to support culture and growth so that we're not eliminating or leaving out any groups as we have historically. Mm -hmm. And I
1: I don't know exactly the post, but Matthew, I was checking out your Instagram, too. And there was a thing saying, like, your children are not too young to have these conversations. Like, I'm a grade Mm -hmm. one teacher. That's not too young to be having these conversations in the classroom. In fact, it's like important. And that's like a huge, impactful time to be having these conversations.
2: Absolutely. Because as a Black male, my parents had to have these conversations with me when I was super young. Mm-hmm. they had to be there was no way about it we had it was a way that we had to survive in a, in a way or a sense this is how to survive in white society these are things that you need to do these are things that you need to know these are things that you need to reflect on when you're outside and people see you because the first thing that they see is not oh this is a young boy they say this is a young black man that's what they see that's the first thing that they see. Well,
0: Matthew, I want to say Black is beautiful because I was, I mean, I'm sad I can't, I'm not a running candidate to date you because you're so,
2: <laughs> 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 because
0: I, like all our friends back in Abu Dhabi, I remember I started the clap. There was a moment where you were getting into the pool. Do you remember this at the I do, I do, at R- I do remember. Pema and we embarrassed you. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, guys, look at Matthew. You looks, you were just like a God. I was like my heart, everything. And like, you're my dear friend. And I, I started clapping just for you. Cause I thought it was beautiful. And everyone started clapping. <laughs> so there's this pool of like, 50 people of our friends just having drinks in a pool and we all start clapping watching Matthew get into the pool and he was like guys stop it you're embarrassing me <laughs> but also like hair flips and... <laughs> yeah he was also like loving like I think you were oh like you're in your moment <laughs> um, uh, that leads me to my other question Matthew <laughs> during the pandemic how has how dating gone for you
2: Dating has not happened. It <laughs> has not. Happened. I have been on. I ha- I've been on a few a few apps and just talking to people here and there and everywhere. I think I've went on a few social distance walks, first dates that end up to be nothing, mm-hmm. nothing of, of substance. I would say, um, and no shade to those. That I, <laughs> date with. I mean,
0: you're like, I'm going to send him this podcast now to
2: <laughs> <and laughs> get a call back. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just that like, you can't really get too close to some people just because it, it's, it is something a little bit scary. And right now it's a little bit illegal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it hasn't really happened so much. So I just been trying to connect with people. In the olden times, where you'd write a letter, I think it was someone who oh, wrote.
0: Are you serious? Are you actually writing letters? No, no, oh, just, I no. I was no, like, no. Oh, are you actually like snail mail writing letters? <laughs> I'll give you my address. Yeah, <laughs> let's be pen Dearest
2: Al's. Winston. <laughs> I do lust for thee at this moment <laughs> with my quill and my my Your ink.
0: Open fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> and my corset.
2: <laughs> always the corset. Always the okay, corset. We've honey. all
0: been watching way too much Bridgerton. Let's be real. <laughs> um, So not happening dating wise as much right now. Just kind yeah. of chatting on the apps, cour- courting yeah. through texting and social media. Exactly. I um, am attending a virtual speed dating uh this Tuesday
2: that is so fun that's a really great way and it's safe
0: yes Matthew you bring up a good point like dating right now is kind of weird it's like it goes from like hey I'm gonna have a socially distanced walk and it's like (laughs) you're you can only do that so many times and then you have to be like okay now we're just hanging out at your house right like obviously there's like date three and four has to be like so we're just actually hanging out at our house having like a maybe like skip the dishes or something so it does i yeah. I think it's kind of interesting the relationships that are going to form during a quarantine pandemic because they're either going to be like super sped up or they're just going to be stuck in that like let's do social distance activities for a very long stretch we're of in time. the talking phase forever yeah until yeah. we just stop talking exactly yeah. it's like we're talking and now we're like hanging out in the bedroom because you might have like well amy sounds like you are no. like advancing <laughs> beyond the steps
1: no, like no, no, i'm not no, <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, I think there's an opportunity for it to either be really sped or extremely snail, you know? I agree, yeah. There's no in-between. There's like... Marriage or nothing.
2: (laughs) Exactly. We're doing this
0: or we're just not. It's like, Like, that's it.
2: (laughs) Very, very true. And for some people, I'm not going to speak for all gay men, but for some gay men, they don't per se like that courting kind of thing. They want to get to know you like yeah come on let's Mm -hmm. let's go so i met you we had a social distance walk great now i want to meet you in another way where we can be a little bit closer to each other and that doesn't have to be like intimate and then some people are on that level so it is a little bit strange in that way but i
1: close it up here with like do you have a message matthew for our viewers uh to let them know they can have big ideas and they can make change in their in their own lives too
2: Yeah, um, I think that um, one thing I would love to tell all your viewers and listeners is that your dreams are only as limited as you want them to be. So really try your best to strive for them and you can do them at any age possible at any, any age. Like I have an album coming up and this is my second kind of one that I've done. I never thought that I'd be able to do it so quote unquote, late in my life, and it's going to be happening. So you just never know. So just go for it. It doesn't matter. Like, even when I think about some musicians that I know of, they recorded and are super famous at 40, Mm -hmm. 40 at 50, Mm -hmm. and they're doing what they love to do. So don't hold yourself back. You can definitely do it, and you can do it at any age. Yes, that's awesome!
0: Can you me your album? See, you listen, and yeah. all your beautiful modeling pictures. <laughs> I like, like, I've liked, like all of them.
2: <laughs> so, so I am. My album will be coming out in twenty twenty one. When that's happening, I'm not quite sure. Woo. You have to get a few different things kind of organized, but you can check me out at at ma the keys on Instagram and on Twitter. And yeah, you can expect an album that will be released on all media platforms this year, hopefully before summer. And um, I'm a model with Mode Models. So you can check me out at modemodels.com. So that's cool.
1: And we'll link that all (laughs) in. So uh, you can check out our Instagram. So we will. So much. Well,
0: thank you, Matthew. Thank you for joining us. And
2: Thanks for having me, Alex and Amy. It's been a slice. I loved it. Every moment of it. Yeah,
0: this <laughs> is great. I love that.
1: I feel like I know you now. So. It is time for a jar of questions.
0: <laughs> We've got...
1: Oh, this was a write-in. What is your first memory? Oh, I
0: don't, I don't know.
1: Um, I know, because I wrote this down. Um. And I don't know what my first actual memory is that is, like, outside of what I remember from, like, stories my family telling and, like, pictures. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: When I have, like, actual memories, I would say they start in grade one. Oh, really? Like, I remember being, like, in a reading group and we had to do, like, a play on the three little pigs. Um, And I remember some of the people that were in my, like, my play, but for significant memories that are not things my parents told me and not I have so many pictures and home videos of when like under five but I don't have like cognizant actual memories from like my own perspective
0: yeah I remember until
1: school starts
0: I remember like child psychology saying like you are two years old when you first form memories right and I was like I remember so hard in that class trying to think like, okay, when I was two, like, do you have any recollection? And you're right. Like I don't, except for family footage and videos and pictures. So sometimes like the picture can kind of like bring my memory and mind back to it. I can remember mm-hmm. school quite easily, like even grade one, but I would say like, if I'm thinking any time beyond school, I just remember my childhood home, but I, it's hard. Cause I'm like trying to place how old I was But I would say I was probably like four or five, like, yeah,
1: same like and and being three in the townhouse, I, I could describe you the layout of the house, but only because of videos and pictures. Oh, Um, I don't even know what the basement looks like, like at all, even right now.
0: Um, And how old were you when you lived there three
1: up until three years old and then lived in the acreage the rest of my life. So to describe my family home now.
0: Yeah. Right? Like, I don't remember things yeah. like
1: before five.
0: And also, like, you know, like, going back to that child's side course when they were like, you could form memories at two. I was like, really? Like, how is that to capture? But I know um, some of my friends have said, like, their two-year-old can describe things right. as well. So I'm like, oh, that's neat. I'm not sure for myself. I would say, like, active memories for me started at grade one. Yeah. Too.
1: Which also, like, as a grade one teacher, kind of makes me sad because, like, I don't remember a ton from my grade one, and like, I remember my teacher and I remember a few little things that happened, but like, yeah. as I'm teaching them, we have these full big days every day, and I'm like, they're not going to remember all of this. <laughs> it makes me
0: sad. Uh, yeah, I guess they won't remember all of it. <laughs> I know
1: they won't remember they won't. the hell they put me through.
0: <laughs> I don't know turn it to our audience what was your first memory yeah
1: thank you for listening to our episode be sure to check out our instagram small town not small minds for updates on our own podcast and to find matthew's contact information he is a gem of a human and you should give him a follow also shout out to tushy for supplying amy with a great bidet (laughs)